0: That. That's healthy. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Um, so, I don't know if you're as surprised to see me as I am up here. <laughs> I got to tell you. Um, so, about a week and a half ago, Pastor Ken just tapped me. He's like, Hey, could, could you? I, I need to cover my basis. My daughter is due to have a baby on the 11th. So, I need to cover the weekend prior and the weekend after, right? Makes total sense. So, could you do the weekend prior? You know, if it comes to that. I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. Uh, what, are we, what are we doing it on? You know, so we, we talked about it a little bit. Sunday, I uh, came back to him. They're like, how's it looking? How's it looking, you know? And he's like, all right, well, how about if I let you know by Friday? <laughs> okay, all right. Well, Thursday night. I'm like, I gotta know. So I'm like, <clears throat> I text, can I say, Hey, Ken, just checking in about this weekend, seeing what you've decided, right? Thursday evening. So far I'm on. I think I will likely be doing it unless something was to dramatically change tomorrow. (laughs) Thanks for your flexibility. (laughs) (laughs) That hurts. So, anyways, I had dinner with some friends. I had a great time. I mean, the pressure was off, right? And then 1.30... 1.30 in the afternoon on Friday, my phone rings. North Shore Christian Church. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Why would they be calling me, right? So, well, yeah. So Pastor Ken left, and uh, I pulled the fire alarm, and uh, we got going. So I'm not sure what we're going to talk about t- I'm just kidding. We, I do have a passage. <laughs> we're going to have a great time today. I can't wait. But you guys, you have to see the pictures, right? This is Finley. She was born yesterday morning to Anna. She looks like, what, seven pounds, five ounces maybe? Nineteen and a half inches, I'm just guessing. If they could hold her up like a salmon, then, I, then I'd know for sure, but they're not going to do that. Um. So here we go you guys, I'm excited. We're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. This is the third lesson in the series. We're talking about John 15. And we're gonna start out by reading John 15. If the ushers, maybe they already have, they're always so quick on that, getting Bibles out to everybody. Check out your app on your phone or just listen. We're gonna read the first 11 verses here of John 15. may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Let's pray. Jesus, may our joy be full today. Thank you that we sung about your Holy Spirit. Come fill this place. Come fill your church. And Lord, I thank you that you're already here I know sometimes I pray, Lord, would you show up? Would you, would you just show up right now? Would you be here? But Lord, I know you are here since before time began. You're the image of the invisible God. You were created before the creation of the world. You were always You were always here, you weren't created. You were always here, Lord. But I thank you that you've created us. You've created us to know you. You've created us to serve you. You've created us to be in fellowship with you, and you've created us to abide in you. Teach us what that means today, Lord Jesus. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. So what does it mean to abide in Christ? The Greek word is meno if you're interested. It means to, to abide, to reside, to remain, to continue, to stay, and to dwell. Right, those are really solid, solid words. I was reading a, a few commentaries, this is one of them. It said, this simply means that we go on trusting, that we keep on depending, that we never stop believing don't stop believing, hold on to that feeling. I, I mean, I don't know how Journey took that, but they made millions. It must be true, right? Never stop believing. Believing. John eight thirty one and 32. This is a passage just seven chapters earlier. It says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free free to be who God's created you to be, free to love him as you were called to love him, free to know him, free to love others, free to be in his presence, free to know the God of the universe as his chosen child. So much freedom, he's given it to us. I don't know about you, but I don't believe we can do this life alone by ourselves. Well, we can try. But when we try to do it apart from God, it's, well, it doesn't last, right? There's a lot of substitutes out there for life, and what I've noticed when I've tried them, it just doesn't last. They're, they're mere reflections of what is real, and eventually they're lifeless, and we know that, right? We pursue so many things that don't take us anywhere towards real life. But John 10.10 10, I throw this passage in, I think every time I speak because I love it so much. It says, he came to make sure we were on the nice list. Right? No, that's that's not what it says. Okay, he came to make sure we all got an A in sin management. No. No, that's not what it says. He tells us about an enemy. An enemy who came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they might have life. Then it might be full and meaningful, an abundant life, a life with purpose. This is what Jesus offers us, Amen? amen? That is real life. And experiencing that kind of life, that's what abiding in Christ is all about. I think, unfortunately, as Christians, some of us get so wrapped up in, in studying and learning things about God that, that we fail to really get to know him in an intimate, interactive, and living way. Now, don't, don't mister, misunderstand me here. I'm not saying don't study his word. I did that in seminary. I got, I got a um, Master's of Divinity. I've spent more time studying than I ever thought was humanly possible, but you know what? That is not where my relationship with God stops. So my point is this, we might, not, we might know facts, and I learned a lot about that. We might know facts about God that have been gleaned, even through his word, but, but do you know the living word? Do you know the living word? First John chapter one, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Right? He was with God from the very beginning. He's the, the image of, of the invisible God. He walked among us. My friends, we have his stories right here. And he continues to live in us, to be in us, and to empower us through his Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. He's not... A genie in a bottle that we can go to once in a while and get our three wishes granted, right? He wants so much more from us. Do you know him? Do you really know him? I'm going to share a story with you about my dog. Canis domesticus, I I think that's the Latin word. Uh, He's golden retriever, border collie. There's a a photo of him up here. Um, He's always a mix. Um, You can see he's nine inches from the tip of his nose to the back of his head. And then here's another picture of him. I can't read that from here, but I I think he's probably around 36, 37 inches tall. Um, So on top of his back, the length of his hair is about an inch, inch and a half. And then it gets up to six inches um, in other parts of his body there. His tail has... That's hair that's 12 inches long, and, and you know what's really cool? He has 42 teeth. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? You've learned a lot of facts about, about uh, my dog here, right? Pretty awesome? Feel like you know him? No. So let me tell you about Buddy. <laughs> In the morning, he is so excited to come out, and he wags his tail, and he wants to go outside, and then we, we feed him, right? So we put the food in front of him. We, we, I have another dog, his name's Bear. That's all you need to know about him, okay? <laughs> so we put the food outside for him, why? Because in about three and a half seconds, it's gone, right? Just sucks it up. And then we shut the door, because we can't have him in the house right now, because here's Buddy, drooling. Looking up at us. His food's right in front of him. We're like, buddy, it's okay. You can eat. He's like, are you sure? Please, eat. And he's like, okay. What dog does that? (laughs) We didn't train him for that. He's like the most kind and compassionate. and Like, just here. Like, I'll do anything you want me to do. Right? That's just how he is. But here's what he gets so excited about. Let's go to the next ba- slide. We have goats. Remember that border collie? That part of him, he's neurotic. Okay, he's gotta herd everything—not hurt, herd. Right? So we have goats. So he spends his whole day running that fence right there, back and forth. There's gravel in front of it. It's like it's it's hollowed out. He's just back and forth, hundreds of times a day. The rest of the goats are in the pen. They're like. This Is ping pong, what's going on here? <laughs> and he's not having an effect on them because he's on the other side of the fence, but he doesn't know that, just the goats know that. <laughs> so he'll do that all day long. And then we had baby goats this spring, oh my goodness, baby goats. He's freaking out, he loves baby goats. He'll spend all day and all night with them, so we have to bring him in, literally. He's so excited, he's so kind, he's so fun. We love Buddy. Do you feel like you know him now? A little bit better? I hope so, or I I didn't tell a very good story here. Right? Yeah, you learn facts about him, but I hope you really know him now. How do we know Jesus? Do we know things about him? He's a figure in the Bible. We celebrate Christmas and Easter. Or have we met him? Have we talked to him? We heard from him? Have we experienced his love, his grace, his joy? What he thinks of us? His forgiveness? Have we heard from him? Have we obeyed his calling on our life? Do we even know what that is? John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. My friends, where this was really, really real to me, 1986, at a Campus Crusade for Christ Christmas conference. Living in, um, well, I was going to Cal Poly Pomona. My folks were in Washington, so I went home for Christmas. But I flew back early for this conference. A thousand students from all over California coming together, the most amazing Bible teaching, great fellowship, worship together. I couldn't wait, and I couldn't wait to see my friends at Cal Poly. Well, I, I really couldn't wait to see my, my girlfriend, Denise, okay? Okay. And she was the first uh, gal that I'd ever dated uh, as a Christian, and she was a Christian, so I thought, I'm a Christian, she's a Christian. <laughs> We're gonna get married, right? I mean, I was crazy about this woman. And, and about maybe a half an hour into the conference, she broke up with me. <laughs> what the heck? What, what's not to love here, right? I mean, <laughs> no, there's a lot of reasons for that. She, you know, She had to get... She had to just deepen her relationship with God and and, and you know and, and she needed to do that apart from me. And wow. <laughs> really? Come on. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so so I was devastated, you guys. So so I did what everyone would do. I, I left the building and and I found a park next door and I and I climbed a tree, right? But I got up in this tree because I just wanted to be alone, and I knew nobody could see me in there because of all the branches and the, and the leaves. I could just barely, you know, look out. And, uh, and I just wailed. I just, I just cried out to God. I just told him how I was feeling. And a few minutes later, a man came over the hill, and he started walking towards the tree. And I'm like, well, there's trails on either side. He's just gonna go right on by, right? No, he walked straight up to the tree, looked up at me, said, hi, my name's George. Can I talk to you for a few minutes? I'm like, okay. So I reached down and I brought him up into the tree and we sat there in these branches and I just poured out my heart to him, a total stranger. And you know what? He ministered to me. He had words that I swear came straight from the Lord. But here's the thing. So that whatever you ask the Lord in my name, he may give to you. You guys, I was just a 20-year-old college student crying out to God in a tree about a girlfriend. Really, Is is that that important to God? Apparently it was. Because he sent a total stranger to come and to minister to me. And I would venture to guess that George Navarro was a man who was abiding in Christ. He'd been praying, he'd been listening to God, and the Lord through his Holy Spirit spoke to him in a very clear way. That's the part of the story I missed, actually. So he was on the other side, right, while I was on the other side of a hill, couldn't see the tree, couldn't see me, and as he was praying and spending time with the Lord, the Lord said, you need to get up, go over that hill, there's gonna be a tree, you need to talk to the man that's at the tree. That's what he heard from the Lord. Are you kidding me that doesn't happen I mean yeah I've read about that in the New Testament but that doesn't happen in 1986 in San Francisco with me no my friends it did that is what happened and my faith grew oh my goodness my faith grew that day So what if I'm not fruitful? John 15, two says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, then it may bear more fruit. Friends, I'm gonna give you an example of that. Uh, I was at a uh, pastor's conference in Tanzania, in Africa in 2014. Uh, with my friend Dan, we were, we were doing a pastor's training. Uh, There was about 50 pastors. We all met together. Uh, They were from different churches, but the same denomination. Okay, so they were all together, and we were doing this training. It was about four days. And the first day, one of the the initial things we did that first evening was he asked him this question. What is holding you back from having a more effective ministry? And what is holding your church back? Pretty deep. Pretty deep question to start with, but they started writing, and they filled up five of those huge white pieces of paper, all the things that were holding them back. Sins of self-righteousness, of pride, of arrogance, of prejudice, of wrong belief about God. It went on and on and on, and we just left those up there. Next day, we come back in, we got all this training planned. We're, you know, we, we started into some stuff, and some just didn't feel right. We just, we weren't getting anywhere really, honestly. And those white pieces of paper over there, it was like that silent alarm, you know, just that red light just flashing, saying, you guys gotta do something about this. So we're like, oh gosh, what, you know, what, we gotta do something about that, right? Well, the next morning, Dan and I go there early, we're gonna prepare for the day. And these pastors were already in the room, they were sitting on the floor, they were praying, they were confessing to one another their sins, they were being reconciled, a few of them had issues with one another, so they were reconciling with one another, it was awesome. Well, after they were done confessing and repenting, and getting things right with the Lord, they decided to do this. Let's go to the next slide. They went out to the fire pit. They took those five sheets off the wall, they crumpled them up, they burned them in the fire pit, and then they gathered up the ashes. Next slide. They put them in these six jars. And I'm like, what What is that all about? My friends, those six jars they decided they were gonna to take to each district office. Remember, it's the same denomination. They're all over the, the country. Six district offices of the church. They were gonna put those jars in each one of those district offices. They were gonna put them right up front. And if someone from the church came in with some kind of thing about somebody else or you know, something that they'd already prayed about, they'd hold up the jar of ashes and say, it is finished. Jesus died for this let it go. Right? It was amazing. They came up with this on their own. And then this next picture, you guys, I, just, I have to show you this. Okay. So two of the pastors, they just laid on the ground. They just started going like, you know, rubbing their backs on the ground. I'm like, what in the world? They're laughing. I went over there with a few other guys. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what's up, guys? And they got up and they're like, well, in the Bible, horses And donkeys, when they're full of joy, they just get on the ground, they just rub their backs. They're like, so we just felt like we had to do that. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't have thought of that. But if I'd known that, you know what, I I would have joined them because there was that much joy. You can see it on their faces, this next slide. They were different men. You guys, they were different men. there was a light spirit in the air. They were laughing and talking. There, it was, they were different men after that whole experience. And I know that they went home and they became more effective ministers of the gospel, not just in effective like, work, but as men of God because they were free. They were free indeed. So Romans 2, 4, Paul says this. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? You guys, I love that about about God. His kindness leads us to repentance. He doesn't force us to repent. He doesn't force us to love him. He's so patient. He waits. And he wants to abide in us. And he wants us to abide in him. But he waits for us. And he's always there with open arms. And he wants us to be in that right relationship with him. So my friends, in light of that, as I I actually wrap things up right now, I want us to to go through an exercise together if we could. It's called spiritual breathing. It's really simple. Uh, Dr. Bright, uh, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ about 20 years ago, I remember hearing this concept at a a staff conference, and it's really simple. Just like regular breathing. We have to take in oxygen, right? That's that's no no mystery to any of us, and we we just do it. We don't even think about it, we breathe. We, we take in oxygen. That oxygen feeds our whole body and keeps us alive. If we don't have oxygen, I think we've got maybe 30 minutes, right? And then our brain starts to die and then we're done, okay? Have to have it. But in the same way, there's, there's a, a byproduct, carbon dioxide, right? It will poison us. We have to get rid of it. So, so we exhale. We inhale the oxygen, brings us life. We exhale. All the byproduct and the poison. I mean, we won't die as quickly with carbon dioxide. It'll take a little bit longer, but we will die. Interesting. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My friends, that is a promise in God's word. I've stood on it a thousand times. Because we have to. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that's his promise. So confession, it's exhaling, simple as that. We must exhale, exhale the sin in our lives, those thoughts and actions that aren't pleasing to God, that bring us death, oh maybe not right away, but eventually. And then we need to inhale what is good, what is pleasing, what is perfect. We need to think about those things. We need to take in his word. We need to do what it says. And again, we have to choose to do this, right? To be be right with God and with others. To be in dialogue, to be listening to him to be in that sweet, intimate relationship. And and we need to listen to that still, small voice, right? The Holy Spirit. So that when conviction does come, we can recognize it. And we can choose life instead of death. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. I looked up that word debauchery because I, I don't use that all the time, but dissipation, that's another word. That, that didn't help me either. Aimless, aimlessness, okay? I get aimlessness, right? Just a wandering, a purposelessness. Um, I don't have to tell you guys like what, what a drunk person acts like or even if you've been there. Um, you're controlled. You are controlled by alcohol. You are not the same, right? Imagine being filled with the Spirit. The, the disciples were, right? In Acts chapter 2, Pentecost. People thought they were drunk. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? Can you imagine? That guy was so angry. That guy, that guy hates everybody. He doesn't, he doesn't even like anybody. Now he loves people? That person is the most selfish person I ever met. Now they're most, the most kind. They're they're helping everybody. What what is going on here, right? When the Holy Spirit comes, that person is such a stick in the mud. No, no, now they're so full of joy, I don't even recognize them. My friends, that's what happens when the Holy Spirit fills you. You become so different in such a good, powerful, pleasing, amazing way. Because that's what God does. Can you imagine? So confess and repent. And repentance is, is very simply agreeing with God, I need to turn away from this and turn towards you. And it's not this, this cowering like, oh God, uh, I'm just gonna come over to you. Please, please don't strike me down. I, no, no, no. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I am not worthy, but here I am. And you know what? This is his posture right here. His arms are open. Come. Come to me. That's what he says. That's all he wants. So for the next couple of minutes, you guys, we're we're gonna have right here in this room, you ready? We're gonna have a time of confession and repentance. So if there's someone in this room who, who you've wronged or offended, would you, be, would you be courageous enough to just grab them, maybe go outside, go, go into the lobby, take a walk. Just confess what you've done to them, ask for their forgiveness, and then together say, it is finished. And walk in joy. If you need to do um, something, if you need to get things right with God, I just invite you to sit where you are, obviously, or you can kneel, come up here, you can take a walk outside, whatever you need to do, but please take advantage of the next few minutes. Ask Christ to prune you, to cut away what's holding you back from truly abiding in him, confess what it is that you've done, what it is that is is keeping you from that sweet fellowship. And maybe it's not something that you can fix right now or even address right now, especially if it's somebody that's not here in this room, but just bring it to God. Just confess it. Allow Him to wrap you up in those arms to bring restoration, to bring healing, to bring hope to bring his love, because he loves you guys. So stinking much, I can't even tell you. I can't tell you how much he loves you, but he does. I promise you. I don't know where that came from. Okay, so um, I am going to lead us, though, in in, in a simple prayer, because for some of us, this is like, I'm not really sure how to do this, and that's totally fine. Do you remember when Jesus was with the disciples, and he said, I'm gonna teach you how to pray. When you pray, say this. And I say the Lord's Prayer, and I love it. But I've also gone way off script, and I know you guys have too, right? Because we have a relationship, right? So just talk to God right now. and If you need to, you can say something like this. Lord, I confess my sins to you right now. I ask that you forgive my sins, according to 1 John 1, 9. And it cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness right now. As I choose to abide with you and to remain in you and to be filled with your Holy Spirit, allow me to experience and exhibit the fruit of your Holy Spirit working in my life. Help me to experience and exhibit love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, gentleness goodness faithfulness and self-control according to your word in Galatians 5.22 just going to spend the next few minutes just meet with the Lord in your own way just confess to him what it is that's holding you back what it is that you need to bring to him Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you and then just repent of it. Just choose to walk away from it and walk into his arms. And then I'll close us in a few minutes. Jesus, I I wish we could just be here together all day long. We could just linger in this this moment. But Lord, I know we've got lives to live and we've got um, things to do and people to see and and whatever, but Lord, I pray that you would, even as we leave here, Lord, that you would... um, Help us to recognize your presence throughout the day. I pray, Lord, you just continue to remind us how much you love us, how much you want us to abide in you, to be close to you, to remain in you, to be connected with you, to stay with you. Lord, if it's even never been experienced before from some of us, would would you just fill us Fill us to overflowing, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, with your grace, with your mercy, with your kindness. Help us to to show love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control to those around us. Lord, may may they see us as uh, different and ask us why. Lord Jesus, what a great window. Um, and an opportunity to give testimony to your goodness and your faithfulness and to who you've been in our life, Jesus. Help us to be that light in this world where there is no light. Help us to be salt, (laughs) to season that which is around us, Lord, that it would make people thirsty. Thirsty for you. Jesus thank you for the work that you've done in that cross and thank you for the work that you've done today and we pray that you would continue to do that to help us to be more like you each and every day. We know where you're going to we know we're going to fail, we know we're going to um, you know make mistakes, we're going to go our own way, we're going we're going to mess up. But God, I thank you so much that we can we can get right back up again. We can turn away from that. We can confess it. and We can walk straight into your arms and be restored and redeemed once again. Why? Because that's what you do so well. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We love you. Go before us. In Jesus' name. Thanks, you guys. Have a great weekend.